Women Taking the Lead, bonus episode number seven. Hey everyone, quick announcement before we get started. Women Taking the Lead is now taking sponsors. If you or someone you know has a business who would love to get in front of and be known by a community of women who are out there in the world taking the lead in their lives, then please have them contact me at Jody at womentakingthelead.com. Okay, now on with the show. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to get the solutions to your top five leadership challenges. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Commitment. Committing to ourselves. It's so easy as women to advocate and commit to others, but when it comes to doing this for ourselves, we back away. Why is that? I believe it's because we're hardwired to take care of others. We're also nurtured to do this. We are rewarded as children for doing thoughtful things for others, but not for speaking up and asking for what we need or want. We may even have had an experience where we were chastised for asking for what we wanted or needed. When I was growing up, making sacrifices for others was always acknowledged and celebrated, and it should be. It's wonderful. But there's something I believe has to come first. There has to be a commitment to you, and as much as I cringe saying this because of my conditioning, you have to come first. If you don't come first, everything else will suffer as a consequence. And I've been struggling with this one. I have to be completely transparent that there is a part of me that resists commitment altogether. I sometimes joke that it's because I'm a Sagittarius. I love my freedom too much to tie myself down to too many commitments. And that's probably one of the reasons why I'm single. (laughs) I make plans to meet up with friends for dinner and I'm really excited about it. Then the day comes and in the afternoon, I get overwhelmed with the desire to just get into my pajamas at the end of the day and watch reruns of the West Wing. I'll feel a pang of regret that I've even made the plans in the first place. But my commitment and my integrity, you know, that I've given my word, wins over. And instead of pajamas and TV, I'm with friends laughing, enjoying a good meal, and I don't regret it. And don't get me wrong, it's not always something fun that I've committed to. And sometimes it's just the satisfaction that I was true to my word that rewards me for overcoming any desire to be somewhere else or do something else. And making and and keeping commitments, especially to yourself, will help you to keep moving forward in the direction of your dreams, despite any short-lived cravings to play it small, play it safe, and play it comfortable. So here are some of the things you can do if you struggle with making and keeping commitments to yourself. First, make sure what you're committing to is 100% relevant for you. How often have you found yourself committed to something that has no real value or meaning to you? And these are the times when you find yourself saying, I don't even know why I agree to this. Be very clear on what you value and what your goals are and only make commitments that are a reflection of them. Everything else is a no. And if you find yourself saying yes, when you really wanted to say no, take a look in the mirror and uncover what it was that compelled you to say yes. This can often range from a need to be liked to wanting to avoid conflict. 
Just know that whatever compelled you in that moment, you gave it more power than your values and your goals. Think about how you can handle that situation differently in the future so when it comes up again, and it will, if not that situation, one that looks just like it, you'll then be able to navigate it with more power and ease. If your commitment is relevant, if it does reflect your values and goals, it will be much easier to overcome the urges to break the commitment. You can remind yourself why this commitment is important and how it will improve your life in the long term, and that will make it easier to stick with it. Secondly, focus on what you'll enjoy about the commitment. I'm in a phase right now where I've gotten off track with my workouts, and I'm trying to get back to the level of fitness I was in over the summer. And over the holidays and when I was in an intense period of catching up right after the holidays, my workouts took a nosedive and I knew I needed to get back into a rhythm. So knowing this would be a struggle, I committed to, at the very least, getting 10 to 15 minutes of cardio in every day to start building up my endurance again. Easy, right? Wrong. (laughs) Every day there was one more thing and one more thing and one more thing that needed to get done before I could do my workout. And before I knew it, there wasn't even 10 minutes to work out. In fact, I was running late and barely had time to take a shower and get ready before I needed to race out the door. And when I took a look at the list of things that made up the one more thing list, they were all tasks that could have waited. I was just using them to procrastinate because I hated the reminder when I was working out that I was no longer as physically fit as I once was. I dreaded it. And I didn't look forward to this and so was avoiding it to my own detriment. I made a conscious effort to change my mindset and focus on what I do enjoy about my workouts. It's 10 to 15 minutes just for me. I get to listen to my favorite music or podcasts. I can focus on the progress I'm making. I can enjoy the endorphin rush and the feeling of satisfaction that comes when I'm done. And I can check my workout off my list. It's not hanging over my head for the rest of the day that I skip my simple workout yet again. Thirdly, ask others to hold you accountable to your commitment. And this this is an option because this doesn't work for everybody. And I'm going to go into why. Many people resist accountability because it sounds like being taken to task, and it's just another way to feel bad about making and breaking a commitment. However, accountability is only meant to be a check-in and not a disciplinary hearing. It's an opportunity to communicate the status of your commitment and make any adjustments or a recommitment if it's necessary. Accountability is for you and not for the other person. And Gretchen Rubin, the author of The Happiness Project and Better Than Before and the co-host of the podcast Happier, talks often about the four tendencies when it comes to forming and keeping habits. And she's labeled these the upholder, the questioner, the obliger, and the rebel. And I have a link in the blog post that accompanies this episode that you can click on so you can take the quiz to see what your tendency is. And I highly recommend it. And I'm an obliger, and I'm not surprised about that. And what that means to be an obliger, it means that I'm motivated to make other people happy. I don't like to disappoint people, so accountability works great for me. However, if your tendency is to rebel, then accountability probably will not work for you. Just the fact that you have accountability will make you not want to keep your commitment. So that's important to know. But 
Also, as an obliger, I have to be cautious of overcommitting, which I do often, because overcommitting will cause stress, resentment, and ultimately, I'll back out of the commitment because I'm so angry about it. Now, questioners will want to know everything about a commitment before they agree to it, and upholders will resist new commitments unless they can give 100% to it, because they will give 100% and then some once they've committed, so they're cautious about what they commit to. So know what works for you and set yourself up for success. And lastly, choose yourself every day. I had a conversation some time ago with my father one day about marriage and the long haul and getting through the tough times. And in his wisdom, my father shared that a commitment was not something you set and forget. It takes thoughtfulness, care, and nurturing. He told me that he chooses my mother every day when he wakes up. He recommits himself to her every day. That's the kind of love we need to have for ourselves as well. We need to choose ourselves every day. So every day, regardless of how you feel, you need to commit to honoring your relationship with yourself. This is how you develop self-worth and personal power. You are worth the commitment. So what is one commitment you have or will make to yourself going forward? Go to the blog post accompanying this episode and write in the comments what your commitment to yourself is. And if you've gotten any value out of this episode, please do me a favor. This is the way you can thank me most is to go to iTunes and leave a rating and a review and let me know how I'm doing right? And maybe what I could be doing more, different, or less of. I definitely want to hear from all of you, so please reach out and let me know. All right, that's it for now. Have a great day. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.